0: From Washington, this is Talking Tax, I'm David Schultz. ESG investing is made to be a way to put your money where your heart is. If you really care about the environment, social justice, or corporate governance issues, this is a way you can make your money make the world a better place while also, hopefully, making a return on your investment. And a lot of people seem to be thinking this way. Last year, almost $350 billion flowed into ESG funds, and an additional nearly half a trillion dollars in ESG bonds were sold, according to Bloomberg News. So clearly this is a big deal. But how do we land on just those three criteria, the E, the S, and the G? Seems like there are a lot of other things the companies do that affect society, things like taxes. Why aren't ESG investors demanding to know the tax data on the firms they invest in, data on how much these firms pay, and where? Vitold Hennish thinks they should be. He's a professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School and is the founder of the ESG Analytics Lab there. Hennish spoke with Bloomberg Tax's David Hood about why socially conscious investors are starting to ask more tax questions and about whether we need to change the acronym to ESG-T. ESGT. But first, Hennish explained why he thinks tax fits in very nicely with the whole ESG moment.
1: To put it in context, ESG is about understanding a firm's impact, a broader impact on its stakeholders, on its uh, suppliers, customers, but also the communities in which it's operating. And historically, we haven't had very good data or information about that. And a a primary way or an important way in which a firm is going to impact communities uh, is through the tax payments it makes through uh, local, state, county um, and national governments. So I think that's that's one uh, reason why this is happening. Another reason is there's been a a parallel focus on the lack of payment of corporate taxes by some of the largest and most profitable companies uh, in the world and uh, increased concern that companies are evading or not paying their fair share. And so you put those two movements together that you know, ESG is about transparency and understanding impacts and a, a policy debate around whether companies are paying their fair share, they're coming together and starting to say, tax should be an ESG issue.
2: From in- investors, what, what is going into their analysis?
1: Well, right now, not much, because there isn't much mandatory reporting on uh, tax payments, especially at a disaggregated level. You might get a high level number about what a company is paying, uh, but you really don't know where and to whom, and, and those are really important questions. Uh, so right now, companies are, are looking at uh, audited financial statements and they're looking in the United States and in some countries, they're able to go to the government agencies, the government officials. It is possible in the US to go and look at the largest taxpayers in uh, different municipalities or county level governments and see whether a firm that's headquartered there or a firm that employs a lot of people in a county uh, is actually one of the top taxpayers. Uh, but it's only those top 10 or so taxpayers in each municipality that are public, so you have to to go and and collect that yourself or go to an intermediate data provider. The real push right now is to get um, companies to disclose more, uh, either through federal regulation or securities regulation to mandate disaggregated disclosure of tax payments so investors couldn't understand more about what these companies are paying and where.
2: Taking a step back, like how soon will ESG turn into ESGT?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it. I mean, yes, we could always expand acronyms. I think one of the problems in this area is there's too much focus on acronyms and not enough on data. Uh, so I, I, I think, uh, look, S is about the social dimension of firms' impacts, right? And uh, one of the primary ways in which firms impact uh, a variety of social indicators is through taxes. I don't, I don't think we need more acronyms. I just think um, there's been a, a great deal of progress on measuring carbon outputs, uh, a little bit on air pollution. There's some work on human rights and on employment uh, equality and diversity, but but tax will be a component of S as we fill out the S dimension of ESG. I appreciate that. I guess turning to Europe, what have
2: European governments done that the U.S. government isn't?
1: Well, I think the... In Europe, the disparity between the Irish tax, corporate tax rates and, and the rest of Europe is really stark. And, and Ireland has benefited enormously uh, from US companies and other foreign companies who want to compete in the European Union um, uh, headquartering or domiciling there for that favorable tax payment. Uh, I think there's been a broad sense that um, that was an advantage to Ireland. and. Um, and maybe now uh, a sense that as European Union and the US are looking for how to pay for the COVID recovery, uh, that that inequality, which was previously accepted, Ireland was relatively poor and developing, is, is no longer acceptable. So I think that's uh, the, the disparity within the European Union made them uh, a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more aware uh, of this issue. Uh, and the fact that so many foreign companies weren't paying taxes uh, in the rest of the European Union made it quite stark about this inequity and this unfairness.
2: Why have European companies been more responsive um, to to pressure on the ESG tax
1: front. Uh, an important distinction between the European Union and the U.S. when we talk about tax and the government role is, uh, in the aftermath of the Reagan Revolution, the idea that, you know government is bad, government is part of the problem was was still very dominant in our political discourse, and the idea that paying more taxes or having the government do more is a good thing. Uh, is contested pretty heavily here. I mean, um, the current Biden administration is trying to change that. And and I think when we've seen the government response to COVID, people are uh, accepting the fact that the government has an important public role. And, and so the the tenor of the discussion is changing a little bit. The um, European Union... Um, there were uh, vestiges or elements, certainly, of that ideological belief system, you know, Thatcher at, at the time, but, but it was much less dominant, particularly in continental Europe. So the idea that paying taxes was a corporate responsibility, that it was part of um, a corporation's, yeah, corporation's responsibility, obligations to society was much stronger. And so the inequity caused more public concern, more mobilization of people saying, you know, pay your fair share. Whereas in the U.S., I think we were much more, yeah, great, don't pay taxes, Um, you know, earn those profits, distribute those profits to shareholders, you know that. that, There wasn't that sense of this is a problem, or uh, or it wasn't as stark among as wide of an audience.
2: From the from the investors' side, what what are they looking at specifically? I know we talked about sort of how much they're paying in taxes, but is there any are are there any other kinds of details that they're that they're looking for in these financial statements?
1: Well, I think going forward, they can't do this now, but I think they will want to know, are you paying taxes where you're operating? Are you contributing to the communities in which you operate? Particularly communities um, where there are substantial social uh, issues or challenges. I mean, uh, you know, what are companies paying in cities where there's been large mobilization on Black Lives Matter and where racial justice is an important issue uh, and city governments and county governments play important roles in terms of addressing educational infrastructure, um, environmental uh, sites and uh, that need to be cleaned up, which are disproportionately located around um, uh, black and other minority populations. So the um, I think that question, and, and also in rural areas where there are other uh, social issues, whether it's opioids, whether it's poverty because of closure of certain uh, factories and certain industries, um, the ESG investors will want to know what are you doing there? Not just what's your overall tax bill, um, but is it going to the communities, to the state governments, to the areas where there's the greatest social challenges, especially if you operate there or if you sell there?
2: I, I appreciate the the, the, the nuance. Um, now, going back to again, the thing you said about it being an emerging issue—Are um, we talking about a handful of investors, or
1: is it sort of growing? Um, and at what pace? I think the ESG investing movement is is moving away from some historic data in which tax wasn't prominently featured. Um, you know, we used to measure our companies good or bad, or some sense of what are the risks that they face that emanate from the environmental and social sphere. We're going towards more bespoke data. We're building up our own understanding of a firm's impacts. And so people are uh, still using the old data sets, but they're combining it with new information. And I think tax is one of those things that people are starting to zero in on and focus on. So I hear a lot of conversations around, we should try to collect information on tax, or why don't we have information on tax? But honestly, there isn't that much information to get. So They're turning to disclosure, they're turning to these uh, city and county level um, disclosures to try to build that up or asking the companies to disclose more. Right now there's a frustration that probably one of the biggest social impacts isn't disclosed, isn't available, can't be part of the investment calculus. So right now it's a conversation as opposed to an analysis or an ability to analyze uh, the question.
2: I I guess the the other thing I, I was thinking about in this conversation was, was that, uh, you know, the, the, the rise of, of no fee trading and, and, retail, and retail investors, um, you know, trending younger, like is, is the retail investing world, like are they sort of looking for this data to and
1: um, we'll start there. I wish they were. Um, I'm really concerned one of the things that's holding back the ESG movement more broadly is as the tendency towards passive low fee investment is really sweeping the overall investment space. uh, That's putting a lot of pressure on ESG because as we've talked already, we need better data. We need to press for more disclosure. Uh, We need to dig and and construct new data sets, combine new information. That's not cheap. Uh, And that's not just pulling data off a shelf and constructing an index that overweights or underweights certain companies. So as the retail investors are piling into low-fee passive funds, when they pick a low-fee passive ESG fund, they're not really getting uh, an in-depth analysis of that company's impacts. Uh, And and that's something that the ESG movement has to grapple with, that um, the funds are moving into low-fee passive investments that don't allow for the kind of sophisticated investment. Investors say they care about ESG. They say they care about things like, are the companies contributing to my community? But they're investing knowledgeably or or maybe without the knowledge in ESG funds that aren't taking those things into account. Uh, So there has to be some innovation among the asset managers who are doing the, the harder work, the more sophisticated analysis, uh, to justify their fees, to justify the active strategy, and try to pull investors away from the passive cheaper strategies. And, and that's not, it's not certain that will work or that will happen. There has to be better and clearer evidence that this uh, works, either that it delivers alpha, that it reduces risk, or that investors are having more impact on society by investing through these vehicles. You said that uh, that
2: getting more disclosure, getting more data, is is expensive. I mean, it is it is time consuming um, for companies to yet again like do another yet another analysis of their own financial statements and. You know, it takes time for, 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 for the SEC to, to develop these rules. It takes even longer for Congress to... So, so I guess, like, what is going to drive higher disclosures? Is it, is it just pure demand from, you know, a, a growing swath of investors, both on the retail front and, um, you know, beyond, or or what?
1: Well, usually disclosure is facilitated by some um, more um, sophisticated or advanced companies on a dimension who think it's in their advantage to disclose. So they'll put out what they're doing on a environmental or social issue as evidence that they're doing more than their competitors. I haven't seen companies rushing to disclose their tax payments. Uh, So my my prior based on that is there are very few companies who are actually paying as much or more taxes than we think. You know, I think our, our belief that they're often, you know, paying less than we'd like, less than we feel is fair, is, seems to be justified because no one's rushing to say, hey, look what we're doing, look how much we're paying. So that makes this area harder than, you know, say climate or, um, or some other uh, environmental and social issues where I think there was some voluntary disclosure among leaders. Uh, This is going to require more demand from investors, probably more legislation and regulation. I want to make clear, it's not adding, there's a lot of talk about the reporting burden and how hard it is to, put. companies know how much taxes, the total tax burden that they're paying and they know who they're paying it to, right? It's in their financial statements internally. So this is not going out and gathering new data. This is just sharing information that you'd rather not share. So This is is not about a reporting burden. This is about a a push to mandate that data companies already have in a very clear and structured format for their internal accounting uh, is made public. Now, companies will say, well, that puts me at a competitive disadvantage somehow. Well, not if all companies are required to do it. Uh, And uh, the only way it puts you at a competitive disadvantage is if you're better at, make, at making tax payments that people feel are unfair. Uh, and I, I guess I'm okay with pushing those companies to disclose.
0: That was Vitold Hennish, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School and the founder of its ESG Analytics Lab. He was speaking with Bloomberg Tax's David Hood. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news www.bloombergtax.com. And if you want to get in touch with us, talk to us on Twitter. We have the handle at tax. Just that, at tax. Talking Tax is produced by myself, David Schultz. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor, and our executive producer is Josh Block From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thank you so much for listening.
2: Hi, I'm Laura Carlson, and I'm dropping into your feed to tell you about Prognosis, a new daily show from Bloomberg. Monday through Friday, we'll spend a few minutes with you every afternoon to help you understand life in the time of COVID 19. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. So come back every afternoon for our coverage and stay safe.